Hi everyone, welcome to Packers Unscripted and Merry Christmas from Mike Spofford and Wes Hodkowitz from Packers.com. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. And Wes, we are back from New Jersey. The Packers, for the first and only time in 2018, get a victory on the road. And it doesn't come easy, not that we thought it would, <laughs> but 44-38 in overtime, a big fourth quarter comeback by Green Bay in this one to get the sixth win of the season. I don't know where you want to start as far as uh, this comeback because there was a lot that went into it on both sides of the ball. Bottom line was the Packers were down 35-20 to with uh, one quarter to play and they came back and got the job done. Here's what I really liked about this win for the Packers. Uh, they out-offensed the Jets. Uh, the, the Packers' defense, I think, as Joe Phillips said, they made some plays when they needed to, but at the end of the day, you go back, a tale as old as time, it's Aaron Rodgers making plays and it's guys around him, the skill position players doing their part. I was talking to Corey Lindsley after the game, and he said, you know, it was. It was I'm not going to use his exact terminology, but it was frustrating where they were at <laughs> in the middle of the third quarter Yeah, because they felt like they'd, they'd done some good things, but they just didn't have that juice. They needed juice. And with Rodgers playing the way he did in the final, I guess if you count the overtime, probably final 25 minutes of that contest, yeah. you had Jamal Williams step up, 156 total yards and a touchdown. You had, for the first time ever in franchise history, five different guys have 60 receiving yards in this contest, each one of them playing a part. In addition to that, drawing some defensive pass interference penalties that ended up being really important. When the Packers needed to rally – this team rallied, and, and I think it was kind of a heat check on Rodgers and, and everybody. You can talk forever about wanting to play out the season and, and pride and jersey and everything like that. When you're down 15 points, Mike, and everything's going against you, against a team that's 4-10, and 10, that's the ultimate gut check, and the Packers were able to pass that test. I think what was perhaps even more impressive than when you say down 15 in the fourth quarter, as we've been talking about here, after the Packers had the early fourth quarter drive kicked a field goal, yeah. they got it to 35-23. to 23. But then the next time they got the ball, only about nine minutes on the clock, down by 12, and on their own six-yard line when the Jets pinned them deep with a punt. Nine minutes left, 12-point deficit, and you're 94 yards from the first of two touchdowns right. that you need, and the Packers came through. Now, yes, the Jets had their share of pass interference penalties, but hey— the bottom line is they weren't they they didn't defend very well. Right. I mean I I mean I know Todd Bowles had a bunch of complaints and everything about the calls, but it was a heck of a lot of contact there, and I thought the game was pretty much called that way all along. So the fact that the Jets didn't adjust and they continued to just grab and bump and everything else with the Packers down the field, that's their own fault that the flags kept flying. But Aaron Rodgers he found that level of his game that is so fun and so exciting to watch in terms of the passing, the scrambling, the checks at the line of scrimmage, even a little read option there on yeah. the two-point conversion and all of that. A lot that went into this. And uh, um, and as you said, all these different guys for the Packers that had 60-plus receiving yards. You know, Devontae Adams comes. Now he's just two catches away from breaking Sterling Sharp's single-season franchise record of 112 a lot of fun stuff in this one yeah and the other thing I like too is a lot of guys that I think some people counted out played well in this game uh, starting probably with Aaron Rodgers himself yeah. 442 passing yards 32 rushing two rushing touchdowns for him after he didn't have one the entire season 
really was dynamic in that way with moving the chains. But Jamal Williams, uh, Jamal Williams, if you ever talk to him, he's always such a jovial, uh, playful personality. But you really, in the locker room afterwards, you could get a true sense for how much this game meant to him. And, you know, the fact that he went from week 10 to week 14, had 20 total touches, uh, didn't complain, was still doing his dancing routine before the games and that, but he felt really confident in what he could do if he got the opportunity to play. He stepped up. Equinemius St. Brown, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, you know, Justin McCray has to pop in there at left guard after Lane Taylor leaves. And, you know, Jay Kumaro, who, you know, everyone's favorite <laughs> UW-Whitewater receiver, a 49-yard catch and touchdown yeah. uh, in the, early in the game. It was guys that I think – I don't want to say you necessarily didn't think could step up in those instances, but I think a lot of people had sort of counted out throughout the course of the season that made plays for Aaron Rodgers, especially down the, you know, down the stretch of that football game. Yeah, I really liked what Jamal Williams did in this game. And uh, as uh, we're sitting here in the studio, I've been spending a portion of the day going through the offensive game film, finding not just the times Jamal Williams touched the football he had, 15 rushes, 95 yards, six catches, another 61 yards. Had the one rushing touchdown, which was a tremendous display of of just grit and balance and everything that went into that seven-yard score. But finding all these other things on film that he did, that'll be, I think, a really interesting piece for my what you might have missed this week. The way he carried out play fakes, the way he picked up blitzes, the way he just occupied linebackers as as a safety valve type of receiver. All these things that went into some significant plays that the Packers made in the game. So my hat's off to Williams. You talk about his jovial personality, his dancing and everything like that. Between the whistles, so to speak, from the snap to the whistle, I guess I should say, and when that helmet is on, this is a different breed of cat. Yes. He really plays hard. But then after the whistle, it's like he's smiling and dancing mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of hopping around. He's a he's he's a different kind of guy, but, boy, he's been uh, he's been really fun to watch this, here. This is where I get kind of frustrated with Packer fans because it was – and I'm not trying to single anybody out or rip on anybody here, but, you know, they're midway through the season. There was a lot of people wondering why the Packers, you know, just aren't going full-time to Aaron Jones. But if you really break it down, Mike, with, with Williams being a fourth-round pick last year, Jamal Williams fits this offense as well as any running back I think the Packers have had during my time on the beat. Jones is really explosive. Uh, Eddie Lacy was a phenomenal power back. But the thing about Williams is, I was thinking about this during the game on Sunday, this is no disrespect whatsoever to James Starks, but he is a more durable, better pass-protecting, version of Starks. Now, Starks yeah. eventually got there in his career. He became a better pass catcher. He became a better pass protector. Right. But Jamal Williams has done that from day one, yeah. in addition to the fact of being a prototypical between-the-tackles power rusher. Yeah. In a lot of ways, as much as Aaron Jones is a phenomenal runner, is going to be really is going to be successful in this league, you know, Devontae Adams made a comment after the game, and it, it's somewhat hyperbole saying that you know Jamal Williams for other teams could get 99% of the snaps we know how the league is structured now (laughs) but he is that type of running back so if Mm -hmm. he needs to play 85 snaps or whatever it ended up being in this contest he can do that so that's why I've never really understood this reputation he's gotten with some fans is that 
you know, Jamal Williams is exactly what the Packers have looked for historically from the running back position. Yeah, he's a tough son of a gun. I, yeah. I, that's, I mean, when I, wa- when I watch him play, I just it just speaks toughness to me, whether he's blocking, whether he's got the ball in his hands. There's, a, there's just a way he plays the game that, that you can really appreciate. Um, I want to get to a couple things on the defensive side of the ball as far as this comeback was concerned. But first, Wes, the Green Bay Packers get ready for game day with the powerful noise-canceling technology of Bose QuietComfort 35 Headphones 2. Learn more at www.bose.com Packers. Bose, the official headphones of the Green Bay Packers. And at home or here in the stands, we all know that Green Bay fans give it their all, and that takes a lot of energy. So grab a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Packers fans everywhere. Try the delicious classic chicken noodle soup. Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, official soup partner of the Green Bay Packers. Okay, as I look back through some of the film and looking at the play-by-play of this game, I give a lot of credit to the Packers' defense. Not only the sack by Blake Martinez early in the fourth quarter that got a stop and then led to the the first of those points in the the 18 straight points the Packers scored when it was 35 to 20. And then the defense did take advantage of some Jets penalties that got them off schedule, some long down and distances, but after the Packers take the lead, 38-35 a breakdown on special teams. Packers had a lot to overcome on special teams in this game. Andre Roberts with the long returns, the fake punt, all of that. Roberts returns that kickoff with the Jets trailing now 38-35. Right. He returns it 51 yards, gets it inside Green Bay's 40-yard line. There's still over a minute on the clock here, Wes. And the Packers' defense has to take the field just protecting a three-point lead. Sam Darnold, who's having a great game, maybe one of his best games of his rookie season, completes two straight passes. It's first down on the 15-yard line with 36 seconds to go. Sam Darnold has three cracks to win this game for the New York Jets. The Packers' defense playing without Jair Alexander, their top cover corner who left the game in the first half with a groin injury, Rises up, gets some pressure, gets forces three straight incompletions, and the Jets have to settle for the tying field goal. First down on the 15-yard line with 36 seconds left and three shots at the end zone to win the game. That's a that's a tough situation for any defense to be in, and uh, and the Packers defense did what it had to do. A couple things to this. One, I just want to read you some stuff off the uh, you know possession and drive chart. The Jets, uh, after they missed that field goal early on, touchdown, 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 punt, and then they kneeled out the half, touchdown, touchdown in the third quarter. The fourth quarter, punt, 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 field goal, and that field goal only came after, as you mentioned, that lengthy return. Uh, Three and out, uh, four plays for 32 yards, seven plays for, uh, I'm sorry, four plays for 17 yards, seven plays for 19 yards, six plays for 23 in the field goal. You know, I think one of the underrated heroes in this uh, with what they did that stood out to me was Tyler Lancaster. Um, And I know we've been talking about him for a while now. Yeah, we have. There was a couple weeks ago where Kenny Clark, I was talking to him about Lancaster, and he said that he is farther ahead of where Clark was during his rookie season going into the month of December. And I thought that was a really nice compliment. That's saying something. I questioned my mind. I was like, is that actually true? But then, as we've seen him play down the stretch here, now mind you, Tyler Lancaster is older now than Kenny Clark was when he was a 21-year-old rookie. Right. But they found something in him, and they found a guy that isn't just going to be a player this year. He looks like he could be a featured 
person in those run packages going forward. The Jets did go super conservative there at the beginning of the fourth quarter. They ran the ball a lot. But Lancaster, Dean Lowry, that front, even Montrevious Adams, did not give up any room there. Yeah. And then you also had guys like Tony Brown making plays on the edges, uh, a cornerback that is not expected to. A tackle for a loss for three yards stopped him on another, forced them into those punt situations. And, yeah, they didn't get the takeaways that I said they would need. Uh, and, and Sam Darnold's passer rating was higher than I'm sure they wanted it to be. But when it came down to crunch time, they made the big plays that they needed to to get the ball back to the offense. The Packers can't come back from that deficit if they don't get the ball back to Aaron Rodgers, and the defense fulfilled its job in that way. Yeah, and even if you take out, obviously one of the touchdowns early in the game was the 99-yard kickoff return right. by the Jets. But looking defensively, the Packers allowed three touchdown drives within the first three quarters of the game of 75-plus yards. <clears throat> Darnold was having his way at certain times. The absence of Alexander was a factor. And for the way the Packers were shutting down the run, I thought playing the run really, really well, one of the things you do miss when you have Lancaster in the game, for example, as opposed to a Kenny Clark right. or a Mike Daniels, you don't get quite as much of the pass rush because he's just not a natural pass rusher. Right. He really is a, a prototypical run stopper. But those last four possessions that you rattled off, 60 total yards yeah. over four possessions with the game on the line when they had to get a stop every single time. And, in fact, they kind of stopped them an extra time because the the fake punt right. you know, that the Jets ran on fourth and inches after, after those guys stacked up the third-down quarterback sneak, then the Jets lined up in punt formation but snapped it to the up guy and, and converted anyway. So the defense had to get another stop beyond that. I just... Uh, I give that unit a heck of a lot of credit because when you look at you look at the personnel that was out there compared to where the Packers were personnel-wise at the start of the season and all these guys who were not in the game and on injured reserve and everything else, um, that was a uh, that was a really commendable down the stretch defensive performance on a day when things weren't necessarily going right. all that well for yeah. the first three quarters. You know, and Mike Pettin, this defense will probably finish somewhere in the teens, I think, in terms of total defense. However, you want to measure that. But again, I just don't think there's any statistics that really tell you the true story of how this team played this year. For my money, and and, and I love Dom Capers. I hope at some point be able to sit down and have a cup of coffee with him again someday. Yeah. But one of the things that kind of had gotten away from the Packers the last couple seasons was their adversity defense and their explosive plays. Those are two areas this specific group has been exemplary in this season. I, it even hit me during when Robbie Anderson caught the 33-yard touchdown. There was the breakdown. I think that was after right after Jair Alexander was left right the after game. Alexander left the game, and then it was a coverage bust where two guys went to cover the same guy in the yeah. flat, and then Anderson was kind of running all alone down the sideline. The safety didn't have enough time to get over there. And it hit me then. I was like, "Gosh, we just have not seen a lot of those plays this season." The communication, whether that's Petten, whether that's Blake Martinez, but the way that calls have been relayed this year. You haven't seen a lot of instances where the Packers are getting caught for 12 men on the field. Yeah. It's been really impressive. And then for them to respond in those moments, Packers could have really easily gotten down on themselves going into that fourth quarter, could have continued to wilt, could have continued to get gutted for yards. They didn't do that. They stopped. They got the stops when they needed. And Aaron Rodgers, 
was as solid as I've seen him be. Yeah, there were still some plays that he missed. There was a couple of receivers that were open that he didn't get the ball to. But in crunch time, when you need to move the chains, he made the right reads, he made the right choices, and he also scampered in for that read option, which I loved on that two-point conversion. They've run that on a, on the two-point play uh, I, uh, you know, a few times over the last right. few years, and uh, he's gone in untouched for the two points more often than not. And if you think about it, how many times this year, Mike, have the Packers put that read option on film? The quarterback has never carried it out. It's always been given it to the running back. You haven't seen Rodgers fulfill that play. So for him to scamper in the end zone, get the score, and then to come back with the read option, uh, again, I, just, I thought this performance, again... Joe Philbin said it perfectly. Was it the best performance in the history of the football? No. No. But for them to win it in the way that they did, uh, I think says a lot about that entire locker room. Yeah, and that's what I was going to get at is this Packers locker room. There were discussion outside the building all week long, you know, well, why is Rodgers going to play and why don't the Packers just shut down, you know, their high-priced players? Why risk any injury and stuff like that? You look at how this game went, Wes. You can't tell these guys that any NFL game – is meaningless to them. Termon Williams takes a shot to the face on trying to field a punt, goes off, gets checked for a concussion, gets cleared, goes back in the game. David Bakhtiari trying to chase down Daryl Roberts on the interception on yeah. the first two-point play, which ended up getting called back because of a penalty anyway. But he's chasing him down the field and, you know, comes up kind of lame, so to speak, not look, not looking like he's walking all that well. Something might have happened. He goes and finishes the game without complaint, and the Packers win this thing. And and when the Packers think they have it won, Aaron Rodgers runs it in for a six-yard touchdown in overtime, gets called back on a holding penalty. You've got a score from the 16-yard line, and boom, he throws a pinpoint pass to Devontae Adams, his 11th catch of the game, and the Packers win it. These guys, I know they're not going to the playoffs, but they played this they played this game and they're playing out the season the right way. Yeah, absolutely. And I, the thing about Bakhtiari too, he gets injured on a play because he's he's a he's a three hundred and fifteen pound offensive tackle trying to run down the field because of the pick six. I yeah. mean that's the kind of heart pick, that pick he's two. Pick two, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's the kind of heart he's showing on that play, even yeah. though I think David Bakhtiari knows in his heart of hearts. Uh, he's not going to be able to catch the cornerback, but yeah. he wants to fulfill the play. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Corey Lindsley praised him after the game because on that 23-yard run that Rodgers got to the, the one-yard line, Valdez-Scantling fulfilling a blocking assignment downfield to help spring him for a couple extra. I mean, Yeah, held that block for, for multiple seconds to and, turn what maybe was a 10-yard scramble into a 20-plus-yard scramble. And nobody's going to remember that play 10 years from now because it isn't going to show up in a box score. It's not going to be a big explosive that's going to get you on ESPN, but it's the things that allowed the Packers to win this game. And i got to say a quick word about Tremont Williams here. He's 35 years old, Mike. He's played like 0.1% under the total snap counts this year, maybe a couple plays of everything he's done on, on defense going into this game. He's sitting there in his locker room, in his locker afterwards. He has stitches above his right eye, and he was asked about that hit. He didn't want to even call it a dirty hit. He's like, that's football. <laughs> he even kind of put it on himself for not fair catching it, saying I've kind of – you know, live that way throughout my career as a returner, and sometimes it bites you, and it bit him on that head, yeah. you know, on the head a little bit. Yeah. But this is a guy that doesn't need to be out there either. I mean, he could have just called it a game. If he passes the concussion protocol, he gets back out there. 
I mean, I think that tells you everything you need to know about this team and, and what it means to them to play this thing out. I get the frustration at times with fans. I understand they want a top 10 pick, but the realistic thing is, is and Joe Philbin said it as well and as eloquently as I think you ever could on Monday morning. Yep. The future's the future. It's going to get there. Whether he's the coach, whether these players are here, it doesn't matter. There's a number on your on your pads. There's a name on the back of your jersey. In that name and in that that number has been the same, you know, since the beginning of time, regardless of who the player is. There's a way you play. There's a way you finish. The Packers, they're they're right there right now. They have one more game to go. They want to make it count. Yeah, one more game to go. And one more game to go in the regular season in the NFL. There was a lot that happened in Week 16. I want to get to some of those results in our shows later in the week because some interesting playoff scenarios taking place. But we're up against it right now. We're going to call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team on Packers.com. On Twitter, he's at Wes Hot. I'm at Mike Spofford, at Packers for the team account. Thanks for tuning in, and Merry Christmas, everybody. We'll see you next time.